Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Come on! Yes, sir! Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. This is the biggest Sunday in the Bay Area since I can remember. You got the 49ers who are playing for the playoff spot, and we all know what happens there. It's pretty simple. 49ers have to win. That's it. And if they lose, then you better hope that the Falcons beat the Saints. Any Raider fans who are still out here in the Bay Area, it's win and you're in. It's that simple. And then if you're not a Raider fan and you're not going to be paying too much attention to that Sunday night football game, then I will assume you're a Warrior fan and Clay Thompson most likely is going to be making his return. They haven't announced it yet. They haven't announced it officially yet. That probably won't happen. They got the day off of practice today, so they'll most likely announce it tomorrow if they do. Uh, But you could be seeing Clay Thompson come back on Sunday. Now, I actually do think it depends with Steph and Draymond if they are going to play because... Last night in the Warriors game when they played the Pelicans, you did not have Stephen Curry, you did not have Draymond Green, and they lose 101-96. to You are now second in the standings in the Western Conference to the Phoenix Suns. You're 29-9 and on the season, while the Phoenix Suns are 30-8. and But I do want to uh, get to a little bit of that game because... I mean, there's, there's really not much I can look at from that and try to analyze the appropriate way. The starting five, when you got Gary Payton, Jordan Poole, Otto Porter Jr., Andrew Wiggins, and Kevon Looney, it's no offense to those guys, but that's the type of starting five that you're normally going to be seeing uh, in the second quarter. Maybe sometime at the beginning of the second quarter, or or at the at the toward the end of the third quarter, or the beginning of the fourth quarter, whatever it is. Um, so I'm not going to expect to see that much. But overall, in that one, it's not like the Pelicans just completely outplayed them in terms of shooting percentage from three, in terms of rebounds, in terms of assists. Um, A majority of the numbers there are pretty similar from that game, but what you saw in the final moments is just the lack of having someone that's able to close it out. Now, Kaminga had a couple of big plays in the final uh, minutes of the fourth quarter, and I like that Steve Kerr uh, ended up putting him in. But after all, the offensive rebounds were too much, and uh, the defense was too much from the Pelicans to even let the Warriors try to uh, make a run back into it. The only thing that made a difference were the turnovers. Now, the turnover numbers, like everything else, was relatively uh, were, were relatively similar. Now, the Warriors only had 14, and the Pelicans had 18. Um, but 24 points came off of those turnovers, and... That's the biggest disparity right there, whereas the Warriors, only seven uh, came, off the, uh, came off turnovers. 
And then you also had the free throws, too. You had the free throws with uh, the Pelicans getting 23 out of their 29, while the Warriors made 15 out of their 18, and the Pelicans were just getting to the line more. You know, that was a problem toward the beginning of the season when Steve Kerr was speaking after games, talking about the biggest issues with the team. It's the fouling, trying to avoid the dumb fouls, and they didn't necessarily do that uh, last night. Now, uh, you could also attribute that to just the second quarter run that the Pelicans had, and really the Warriors just weren't able to come back from that. Uh, Do want to get to some news that happened prior to the game, though, but Steve Kerr did talk after the game, talking about how well... Well, the young guys played a great fight really proud of our guys you know being shorthanded it gave the uh the young guys a, a, a good chance to play and experience a pressure filled game on the road and i thought our our young guys gained valuable experience and i was really proud of the team for uh, fighting all the way through and and giving themselves a chance at the end just didn't have enough ball didn't go in enough obviously uh seven for 33 from from three but i thought we defended and played hard and a lot of good stuff happened in terms of experience for kaminga moses moody jordan Poole. i mean they it's great to to feel that type of game and that with that type of responsibility and, I, and, and again, I liked how Kaminga was played toward the end of the game. I'm expecting that, you know, in the future, once he, you know, we're, we're past his rookie season and there's not as much depth on the roster because, you know, rosters end up getting changed. Unless you're the, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. There's some, oh, there's some turning on the roster. And I think that Kaminga is eventually going to work himself into that type of role where, uh, maybe it's kind of like GP2 where he turns into, I, I don't know, some sort of end of quarter specialist. You know, that guy who can get you a couple of offensive rebounds, who could be incredibly strong, and especially when you're missing Stefan Draymond. Kaminga was much needed uh, in yesterday's game, and then Steve Kerr spoke on that, because not only was it Jonathan Kaminga, but Moses Moody got a little more playing time as well. I think they're right on schedule. I think they're both really working hard every single day, putting the work in, learning what it's about to be an NBA player. And that means, you know, getting into the training room, getting into the weight room, getting onto the floor, watching film, watching film of your opponent, doing that day after day after day after day, and bringing the energy that's necessary to do all that. It's not easy, especially for, you know, 19-year-old kids. So they're learning, and they're, they're doing a great job, and they're coming along. And Moses Moody is one that's still up in the air. He had his 23 minutes on the floor. He only scored his 10 points and uh, he was 3 of 6 overall. Knocked down all 4 of his 3 throws and got uh, got 5 rebounds on the game. And he, he, he looks, you know, he's young. He's young, but he also looks like he's pretty comfortable on the court. Now he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you from three. He was zero of three in last night's game. Um, he might have those hot shooting nights every now and then, but as far as just knowing the system, running through the offense, I think Moses Moody uh, is on a good track as well as Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, but one guy that I did want to mention here was GP two. GP2, he only had 14 minutes on the floor yesterday. I wasn't sure exactly what was going on with him, but GP2 had his contract guaranteed prior to the game, and shout-out to Steve Kerr for that. Now, that was that was expected, but each year we go through this as Warrior fans. There's always that one player that we want to latch on to that isn't named Steph or Draymond. Right, because everyone everyone nationally pays attention to those guys. Everyone knows who Steph, Draymond are. Hell, Kavon Looney is sometimes that guy for, for certain fans. We'll, we'll get that on the text line. And, of course, you can weigh in at 888 uh, We always get the, guys, we never talk about Kavon Looney. You never talk about Kavon Looney. That doesn't happen so much this season. But GP2 is the one guy this year where everyone is saying something like, Man, GP2 has just made it made our team completely different. GP2's the star. GP2's an all-star, some are saying. Now that might be a little far-fetched, but the energy that this guy brings, he put he's put been put into the starting five ever since uh, Jordan Poole was relegated to the bench and I don't know relegated is too strong of a word uh, to use for that appropriately being put to the bench just so he can understand the type of role that he needs to play by the time Klay Thompson comes back. Relegated might be uh, too strong of a word to use, but GP2, 
whatever his role is, he seems to work within the Warriors system. He understands how to cut. Now, uh, there was a <laughs> it's, it's like he's replaced Kelly Oubre almost. Even as a even as a guard. I know they don't play the same position, but in terms of their role on defense, which is GP2 has been that on-ball defender whenever the Warriors are running a zone. So whether it's a, a box and one or a one-two-two, whatever, whatever it is, uh, he has been the guy that's on ball, and he's been he's done it very well. I mean, I could I could count on a I, I could count on one hand the amount of times that he's just straight up gone for the steal, gone for the pick at half court. And then he also is very good at cutting. Backdoor cuts, dunking, all that stuff. So I think he's just super deserving of this. And it's funny to think that if there wasn't that one moment in the preseason where he outplayed Avery Bradley. Because Avery Bradley was the guy that everybody wanted, at least in terms of the veterans. With Steph and Draymond, they wanted Avery Bradley on the team. They were very excited. And then in the preseason, he didn't show much. But when Gary Payton got his minutes, he took over. And that just said bye-bye to Avery Bradley at that point. Waved him. Goodbye. That's because of what GP2 did. So I just can't imagine what it would look like if he wasn't on this team. So he's completely deserved it. Now, the only one who remains with an unguaranteed contract is uh, Damian Lee. And the deadline here is coming up, so I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. Obviously, they have to cut the roster down to 15, but that's the only contract left that is not guaranteed. And Damian Lee, I mean, last night... Alongside Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins had his 21 points, but Damian Lee was the only guy who was also knocking down shots at the same time. It, it it stunk because it felt like in that game there'd be one player who would get hot, but you need multiple players to go on a run. You know, it always it, it it's always Steph, but then you'd get you know the help from the other guys. You'd get you'd get a second or a third player involved in scoring. And yesterday it was Andrew Wiggins, and that's it. Jordan Poole, he was supposed to have the kind of game that he had uh, last or excuse me earlier on in the week. He was supposed to have another, you know. 32-point onslaught when Steph is cold. And Steph wasn't in the game. You needed Jordan Poole uh, to have a good one. But he missed his first 10 shots, and he finished the night with 11 points on 2 of 9 from 3, 3 of 14 overall. Um, so just not very, not really a good night for the Golden State Warriors without Draymond and Steph on the floor. But I'm wondering about Sunday. I'm wondering about Sunday because I'll, I'll, I'm just going to – make the assumption and do the whole injury report thing that I'm terrible at doing. I'm I'm never good at predicting these sort of things. Uh, but I'll assume Draymond and Steph will be able to go on Sunday when they play the Cavs. But I wonder if they can't. With Steph's thigh contusion, uh, Draymond, they, they, they jotted it down as a hip issue. I wonder if they're going to be playing on Sunday because if they're not, I don't know how inclined the Warriors would be to put Clay in. Because you're supposed to put him into the starting five, but I think what Steve Kerr said, yeah, I'm putting Clay in the starting five, he was expecting Steph and Dre to be a part of that starting five. I don't know if Steve Kerr wants to put him in if, you know, it's gonna be Jordan Poole at point guard, then Clay Thompson at two, Andrew Wiggins at three, and Otto Porter at four, and Kevon Looney at five. I don't know if Steve Kerr is going to be inclined to do that, so we wait to see. But man, Sunday is going to be Clay Thompson's return. Most likely, nothing official yet. I can't wait for that. All right. We're going to talk a little 49ers. Coming up next, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Is it going to be Jimmy? Is it going to be Trey? What do you think? Now, this is the last week of the season. I'm actually not sure what the... I'm not sure what the how the press conferences work. I think there's going to be a closing one. Let's just say the season does end Sunday. There probably is going to be a closing press conference. But I'm not sure if we're going to hear from Mike McDaniel again. Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator, um, if the 49ers, of course, don't make the playoffs. But he had one of his last pressers of the season yesterday, and we played some sound from him before. But man, he made another sarcastic comment, and I gotta play that sound for you afterwards because after the break, because it is he's just 
He's a different type of dude. He's a different type of dude. I want to play that for you next. Steven Lightfoot did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Who is going to bring the noise on Sunday? 888-957-9570. Who needs to bring the noise for the 49ers? Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo? Who do you want to see? I can't believe it, it came down to this. Now, obviously, I was absent yesterday, but... As the updates go, Jimmy has been back at practice. And it's just wild that we're even in this situation. I was here on Monday, and I said vehemently, with a lot of conviction, Trey Lance is going to be starting this next game against the Rams. I was going into it with that mindset. I really was. I I, I thought there's no way if Trey, if Jimmy's not throwing at practice, if he didn't participate even at practice in the pre, in the previous week. There's got to be something wrong there. And then he has that grade three sprain, which Kyle Shanahan talked about last week, which is a torn ligament and a bone chip in your thumb. And I'm thinking, how are you even going to, how are you even going to try and come back from that? Especially in your throwing thumb. And it, it, and it, it, it doesn't even have to, your throwing thumb. It doesn't even have anything to do with, you know, him. It doesn't always have to do with just the throws. It could be just taking the snaps under center. You know, something like that where you're trying to get the ball from Alex Mack and, you know, you never, you, he, he can aim as much as he can, Alex Mack can, but what if it hits the thumb in the wrong way? You know, what if it in the it needs to be perfect every single time? So I just figured, no, nah, there, there's no way that he's going to be starting in week 18. And I was talking all last week about this or this this whole week about this season and I mean how would you view it if the 49ers ended up losing because you've been talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo gives you the best chance to win and you don't really care to develop Trey Lance you think it's okay to just have him sit on the bench hold the clipboard and learn while he's on the sideline you know we were getting into that argument and I thought it was going to come down to week 18 where Trey Lance would get the start and this is the point where this week, if you don't get into the playoffs, when you you know you can go deep into the team and just try and think of ways as to how this would be a successful season, but in the end, fans want playoffs. That's what they want. They don't like ending their season on the last week. That's just not how it goes. So I was thinking, if Trey Lance plays and he wins this game, I wonder what the reaction would be after that. It would be it would certainly be one half of it would be oh yeah we got our we got our guy. This is our guy right here. I'm excited for the future of this franchise, but also I think there'd be the other side of it where you'd think, well, why couldn't we have done that during the season? Now, granted it's been 18 weeks and a lot has changed since the beginning of the season toward the end of the season. According to Kyle Shanahan, it was really the last month of practice where he felt he was ready. Uh, but I, I just can't believe it's to the point. I can't believe it's to this point right now. But one thing I do want to play, offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel. This is a guy who doesn't get a lot of recognition. He was the run game coordinator with his previous role with the Niners and Kyle Shanahan, and eventually he worked his way his his way up to offensive coordinator. Now, I don't know how Shanahan delegates the roles there because we've just been under the assumption the whole time that Shanahan is the offensive coordinator because he's the one that's calling plays. So I think there's a lot of question marks about you know what Mike McDaniel's true job is. Maybe it is just you know still the run game coordinator, just with a different title. But his press conferences this season, we don't pay attention too much to the coordinator press conferences. You don't hear D'Amico Ryan's talk too much. You don't hear Mike McDaniel talk too much, um, and that's mostly because you know they're they're going to back up their guys and they do have a lot of coach speak in them. They say a lot of the kind of the same things that you're that you've already heard from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, but Mike McDaniel has been a different type of dude at the podium. We had we we played that sound 
a while back before they played the Packers on Sunday night. And he had his Thursday press conference, and he goes on this 45-minute intro before anyone starts asking questions, just goes straight to the podium, talking about how uh, how they really need it to be Sunday right now. And it, it was it was, it was was clunky. It was a mess. But then he also had another press conference where it was going to be his daughter's birthday on the Saturday, and he invited all the reporters and made them feel guilty for not accepting his invitation. Like, he's, he's a different type of dude. And then he closed it out with this one. Now, I'm not sure... If we're going to have the closing press conferences, let's just say the 49ers don't make the playoffs, this could be the last time we hear from Mike McDaniel. And he answered this question about Jimmy's thumb in a very Mike McDaniel type of way. Hey, Mike, I I don't know how much you knew about avulsion fractures uh, before Jimmy's, um, but has he surprised you at all with what he's been able to do um, this week as far as, you know, just his ability to throw? No, I'm actually... uh... I'm one of the foremost experts. I wrote my thesis um, on that very topic, so uh, nothing has surprised me. No, um, he, he's a tough guy, and it's it. <laughs> he just he just goes on with a sarcastic comment to start it out, and just goes right into whatever he's answering. This isn't the first time that he's done this. No, I'm actually uh, I'm one of the foremost experts. I wrote my thesis um, on that very topic, so uh, nothing has surprised me. That's that's what we've all sounded like, I think. That's what we all sound like when we talk about injuries. Any Anytime that injuries come up, hell, when COVID-19 started, when, when it first got brought into the world back in 2020, it felt like this is how everyone was answering questions whenever they'd be talking about it. No, I'm actually, uh, I'm one of the foremost experts. I wrote my thesis um, on that very topic. So uh, nothing has surprised me. Uh, oh, Mike McDaniel. He is he is the gift that keeps on giving. Every single week, he has something there. I mean, he referred to himself uh, he referred to himself by the third person earlier in the season when he was talking about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's had this crystal ball. He's had this crystal ball all season that he's mentioned whenever talking about the quarterbacks. And he says, well, it's a little foggy. I'm not really sure what's it, what it's looking like in there. I've told you guys about the crystal ball. I don't know. I don't know. Mike McDaniel, if that's the last press conference we're going to hear from him this season, going to miss you. All right, again, 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in. Who needs to start between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance? And I went on this five-minute rant about how I didn't expect it to go this way from the start of the season, but this is how it's looking. If Trey, or if excuse me, if Jimmy... Is continuing to practice. Now we have to wait to see uh, what happens today. Uh, but if he's continuing to practice and throwing the ball the way that he does, I'm tired of doing the whole practice video thing, by the way. Tired of that. Where you see a where you yeah where you see a video of him not with pads on and you see him throw a pass it's like okay the the pass did look good is he ready to go on Sunday I don't know I can't tell from a video. I mean, that's really what Mike McDaniel said. That's what we're all like when we're seeing a video of Jimmy Garoppolo throw a football and we're, going, we're seeing him go through the mechanics. No, I'm actually uh, I'm one of the foremost experts. I wrote my thesis um, on that very topic. So uh, nothing has surprised me. Yeah, nothing surprised me about the video. I wrote a thesis about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what's coming, but I don't I don't take any stock into those videos. What it does show me is that he can throw the football and that he's out there working with the team, which is something that we did not see last week. But with the way that Kyle Shanahan has handled this all season, why not give your guy a shot? Why not give the young rookie a shot? Right now, it doesn't seem like, you know, the value for for draft picks for Jimmy Garoppolo is there because I think other teams are looking at those contracts. They could be like us and just straight up open Spo Track or Pro Football Reference wherever you feel comfortable getting your contract information. But it seems like other teams have taken notice. Oh, the 49ers, they can just release them and it won't cost much to their to their salary cap. So it's I'm always hearing, oh, Jimmy G's going to get traded. Jimmy's going to get traded. Doesn't have to. You don't have to get traded because the team is 
more than likely not going to hold on to him. He's going to want to get out of there. He'll probably ask to be released if they can't trade him because he's not going to stay on as a backup. I know everyone is hoping that he can restructure his contract so he can stay on as a backup to Trey Lance. That's not Jimmy Garoppolo. He wants to be a starter. That's not who he is. But if he, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't start Trey, then I don't see any other reason to start Jimmy other than maybe convince these other teams that they should give up some value for him. Give up some value for him so they can be the ones to pick him up because I think other teams are going to go, are, are going to look at this season and think, all right, well, you might need a starting quarterback, but we'd be willing to offer him a little more than these other teams. It, it, it all depends on what they think, but I don't see any other reason for putting him in. You think that he gives you the best chance to win. I don't really see it that way anymore. I don't see it that way. It depends how the Rams approach Debo Samuel. I think that's the key if you're going to be stopping this the the 49ers offense. You can, you know, you can we could blame Jimmy all all you want, but without Debo Samuel this year, I don't know how good Jimmy would have been. It feels like Debo has bailed Jimmy out of a lot of situations. We were having the conversation back when they were playing the Vikings. Who would you rather have for the next five years? Would it be Debo Samuel or Justin Jefferson? Now, I was on the side of Justin Jefferson because you can just heave the ball up and he'll go up and get it. But it's not always that simple. Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to throw to this guy named Debo you know, five to ten yards out And then he's able to turn it into a 40-yard gain. The Niners would not have even had a chance at the end of that Titans game if it wasn't for the way that Debo Samuel ran after the catch. If he didn't make that one catch in the fourth quarter on the final possession, then we'd be talking about this completely different, I think. I don't even think Jimmy Garoppolo would be in the conversation here. I think it would all be Trey Lance. But I think it needs to be Trey this Sunday. Not just for not just for the 49ers and giving them a better chance to win, but also to help them develop. Put them in this high-leverage situation. Get them down in SoFi Stadium and possibly turn this into a playoff opportunity. I, I don't understand it. And they could be, you know, they could be running a dual quarterback system. I don't know how often they're going to run it. If anything, I do want to, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo does start, I want to see Trey at least in the red zone. You can't have this just be a Jimmy G exclusive. You can't have this be, oh yeah, he drives you down, he, he drives you, I don't care that he drove the team downfield uh, 90 yards to get into the red zone. I want to see at least Trey handle some of those situations because you'll end up like you have a couple of times this season, like you did uh, against the Seahawks, like you did earlier this year with Jimmy Garoppolo. Going all the way downfield and it just doesn't work out on the red zone. Now they had the best red zone numbers, some of the best red zone numbers in the league, but you also want to see it with Trey Lance because it hasn't been the same this second half of the season. Really, it hasn't been the same since that Seahawks game. Now, they've had some good plays here and there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the the Bengals one, I could talk about the Bengals game and how they were able to get into that. But I don't know. I I don't know. I just just don't see why you'd need to bring in Jimmy in this game. I just don't see it. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Coming up next, want to talk more about this and then get into just the rest of the NFL. And I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on Cooper Cup. Because Cooper Cup is on track to break some records for a wide receiver, but he's doing it on 17 games, if he does. So I want to know from you if that counts. We'll get into all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. 
And before we get to more Jimmy and Trey talk, and again, 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on Jimmy or Trey, Oreo cookie, Trey weighed in it from the 5-1-0. The offense with Trey, I believe, gives our offense 10 more points. Those points are tremendous when playing close games. Playoffs, here we come. Again, that's from Oreo Cookie. But real quick, I want to go through this because we're at a 17-game schedule. It, it feels really weird that we're going into Week 18. feels very strange. And I saw someone tweet out yesterday that... You know, if this was a if this was just a 16 game schedule, then maybe some of these games wouldn't be as meaningless. Nah, this happens when you're in a 17 or 18 week schedule. That doesn't really change. It, it, it's it's still it, the only thing that changes is the way that it, that it plays out. The 49ers are getting dealt a pretty, a pretty uh, uh, crappy hand here because if they again if they lose to the Saints, then they're just out. But if they if they or excuse me if they lose to the Rams and the Saints win then they're just out of it but if they but if they do end up winning then they're just in the 6 seed so it feels like it's 6 seed or nothing it's very odd uh with the Niners in this 18 week schedule but something else that happens and what was expected and this was a conversation that we all had prior to the season but what happens if players are on track to break records now Cooper Cup is on track to break two uh, so far. Now, he needs 12 to set the most receptions in a single-season record. The current record is held by Michael Thomas, who had 149. Man, back in 2019, Michael Thomas with Drew Brees and the Saints, when Drew Brees was at ultimate Drew Brees, where he's kind of kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo, just throwing... You know, eight eight yard slants over the middle of the field. Sometimes throwing out the num outside the numbers, but when you got a guy like Michael Thomas, you just throw it up and you expect him to go get it. Uh, but Cooper Cup needs twelve in order to set the record. He has one hundred and thirty eight so far. Um, he's had double digit rece- uh, receptions five times this season. One of them with thirteen catches, and we know what he did previously against the Forty ers But he could also break the receiving yards in a single season record. The current record is 1,946. Cup has 1,829, and he needs 118 yards on Sunday in order to do so. And Cooper Cup said earlier this week, just the fact that they've played 17 games, there's been one more, he's not really sure that they should count as records. And you're going to be seeing the same thing with T.J. Watt. I don't know why I didn't take this into account with T.J. Watt, but T.J. Watt is on track to break Michael Strahan's single-season sack record at 22.5. He obviously has 21.5 right now, so if he gets 1.5 sacks, then he breaks the record. If he just gets one, then he ties it. Shout out to math. And then you could be seeing Trevon Diggs possibly break the record for most interceptions in a single season. Now, he has 11 interceptions this year, and he'd need three in this one in order to win it. And he's going up against the Eagles. I I can't put it past Jalen Hurts to have one of those types of games where, you know, he could be efficient in one game, but then throw three interceptions along with one touchdown the next. But when I'm looking at this and and thinking about it, man, they shouldn't count. At least I, I... I don't know. We're going to have to create a new record system, I think. Because each each year, if they're going to continue on with this 18-week season, and I don't know, maybe it's just a product of the pandemic and the NFL needing more revenue than it's already got. The 18-week season, it's really all about money and putting 17 games on the schedule. But hell, you could be seeing this get to a point where we get even more games on a schedule. It could it could turn into an 18-game schedule, as far as we know, and have it be a 19-week season. This all could change, but as time goes on, I mean, we're going to look back at this and we're going to say, oh yeah, they have the single-season record, but we always talk about that asterisk, right? The Astros in their world championship. The asterisks, as some people call them. The asterisk next to the Lakers championship in the in the bubble playoffs. 
the asterisks next to this, next to that. We always try to put asterisks next to things just because we're sports fans and our records are hallowed and they need to be, uh, there's so much weight on them that if something doesn't go right or if there's something in the season as to why, you know, they broke that record, then yeah, we put an asterisk next to it. But when I'm looking at this, I don't think, I don't think I'd count it. I'd look at it and say, okay, well, they had one of the best seasons of all time uh, in this year. But the fact that they broke the record, I don't know. I'm just going to be looking at it thinking it's a little skewed. It's a little skewed. From the 206, hell no. Single season records don't count, but the stats do count for career leader stats. You just get there faster with 17 games. Interesting. Interesting. Well, the, the single season records are very, they're impressive. I mean, regardless. Regardless of, of what I'm saying, Cooper Cup has averaged 114 yards per game this season. 114. That's pretty damn good. Now, Trevon Diggs, the 11 interceptions, they put a mask over how bad he is in coverage because he has not been uh, he has not been very good in coverage. You can look at all the advanced statistics. I don't want to get into all those numbers uh, with Diggs, but the amount of yards that he's given up total this season, it's pretty alarming, but he's got the 11 interceptions to go along with it. And the receptions thing for Cooper Cup, even if it's not 149 by the time uh, that you know he's gone past his 16th game, 138 is still incredibly impressive. Very impressive. He's leading the league in catches, touchdown receptions, and receiving yards. And that's been accomplished by just three other players in the Super Bowl era. That's crazy. That's crazy. From the 707, change the records to a per-game average. Boom. Problem solved. Sorry, I added the boom in there, 707. Uh, Let's see. From the... 510. Gotta let Jimmy start if this is his last start. Hell of a five year stint with us. Yes, many injuries, but lots of wins. Jimmy has always and will be a professional. Much love to Jimmy. Let's get it, big dog. That's JP from the stack. Do you believe that? Do you do you do you buy into that? Well, not buy into it. You don't necessarily have to buy that what I'm talking what you're talking about, JP, but do you think that based on what Jimmy's done for you these last few years? Look, he was a starting quarterback for a Super Bowl team, and he's always tried to come back from the injuries. I I don't blame the players for getting injured. I don't blame them. They're playing in the most physical sport that we have. Obviously, hockey's, hockey's right up there as well, but football is so violent that guys are bound to get injured. When you got bodies who are piling up on top of each other, you know, 80% of the game, there's a chance that a player is going to get injured in the process. I don't ever blame a player for getting injured. But it's the way that they bounce back. It's the way that they try to come back for the team and also for the money that they're being paid. And Garoppolo, I think, understands that you know he's been getting paid from a range of 24 to 27 million dollars a year, uh, depending on the year. Right now, this is the you know because contracts they always uh, they always get risen every single season. Every single season, that's how Parag Marate does things, and that's how they did it with the with Jimmy here. Because on the back end, that's when you had to pay him, and now they're paying him 27 million, and he's still trying to get out on, onto the field. It's commendable. It's commendable. But I don't know if I'm if I'm looking at this season and think about the thinking about the future. Garoppolo's not the future. Trey is. And it seems to me that Garoppolo is trying really hard to play through these injuries. Again, very commendable, but we've also seen what he's done when he's tried to come back from the injuries. When he came back from that high ankle sprain in that Dolphins game, I mean, there's one set. I don't know why I remember this, but there was one play where Garoppolo got sacked, and it was a situation where Ross Dwelly totally missed out on a block. Just com- he he was completely because the because the Dolphins at the time were running the three four system. I believe they still run it, and they disguised blitzes in a in a strange way, which is very tough to dissect as a guy on offense. Dwelly completely missed a block. Then he hits Garoppolo. Garoppolo came up grimacing. I don't know if you need to see that this week 18. Even though he's 100% ready to go, if he can be 100% ready to go, that doesn't mean that he will just go through that game unscathed. 
you know, I mean, what's going to happen there if you start him? And let's just say, you know, he's played through three quarters and hasn't played that great of a game. And, you know, it's still close. But then the Rams hit him and he, and, and you know, maybe get to his thumb and then it starts wincing and then he just can't come back in. What if that happens? What if that happens? Then you put in Trey Lance, who hasn't played through the entire game. Sometimes that can be beneficial. Sometimes it can be just to have your backup come in. We see that all the time where backups will come in in like the second half or uh, the back half of the, the third quarter and have to play the rest of the game because the quarterback's hurt, but the defense isn't ready for it because they've been preparing for this one quarterback the entire time. But if you prepare the way they uh, the Rams do for uh, for Trey Lance... I think they understand what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do and how to defend him. Not much has changed with Jimmy. So really, the defense is looking at at, at this 49ers system and just going to, I think they're going to just plan under the assumption that Trey Lance is, is going to start. But I want to know from you at 888 from the 510, Zucci Main. Morning, nice guy. It's 50-50. You always go with the veteran. From the 707, Zero playoff wins for Carr. People don't forget. Okay. Uh, from the <laughs> Yeah, of course not, because he hadn't played in the one playoff game that they made it to. They probably... Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. Sorry, 707. You followed it up with the text before that. I apologize. Hang on. Hang on. Let's reset here. Let's rewind. Sorry. Very tired this morning. From the 707. I'm sorry, but Jimmy has done way more for the 49ers in five years than Derek Carr has done for the Raiders in eight years. I don't understand the hate. Zero playoff wins for Carr. People don't forget. It's not hate. I'm not judging Jimmy the person. I'm not saying he's a terrible human being. But he is limited in what he can do. Again, I find it very commendable that he tries to go out there every time, but sometimes it can be to, to the detriment of the team if he tries to play hurt. I, 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 and, I, and I get that. I get that. The zero playoff wins for Carr, and that's why you should be giving Jimmy his respect. But do you think he should start this Sunday 707? That's my question. And then you say start Jimmy 4-0 versus the Lambs. All right, so you did follow it up there. So you're saying start Jimmy. Jimmy's done way more for the Niners in five years than Derek Carr's done for the Raiders in eight years. But do you play a guy just out of respect for what he's done for the team? I get that, I guess. I don't know how... Um, look, man, I'm not in the front office. I'm just a radio host at 5 in the morning. You know, I, I'm not going to act like I know... Uh, I'm not going to act like I know how these coaches operate. I do believe that there's something to that uh, 707 ant because of what we've seen with Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, it was... The, the send-off he got was very emotional, you know, and it was the right way to do it, but it should have happened a couple of years earlier. And it simply couldn't because the Steelers didn't know how to let him go for everything that he's done. Now, I'm not comparing what Roethlisberger's done compared to what Garoppolo's done with the team because, you know, hadn't gotten a Super Bowl win uh, with the roster. But Ben Roethlisberger, it, it was tough for them to let it go. There is the human element that goes into it, and I'm sure there's a human element that goes into it with Jimmy Garoppolo. But if I'm looking at it, just from afar, and I'm watching the game on Sunday, I'd think that Trey Lance gives you the better chance to beat him. That's just it. That's just it. From the from, from the 5-1-0, how short of a leash will Jimmy have if we're down 21-6 at halftime? Do you make the switch? Woo! Man, that's the, that's the question. That's the question right there, Oreo cookie. How short of a leash do you have to give Jimmy in this game? If they are down by two scores, because that's been the one problem. That's the that's the there's there's quite a few things to critique about Garoppolo's game. Definitely don't uh, critique his accuracy. Certainly not. There's something there's. I mean, you have to be really skilled. Uh, I don't care who you are. I know we always knock him for not really being able to throw the deep ball, but that's just not how Kyle Shanahan's system works. And the interceptions, that's really just a product of the system because Kyle Shanahan just is under the assumption, okay, if they're showing this look, if the defense is showing us this specific coverage, well, then this guy's going to be open, so you're going to go to this guy. And if not, then you're going to have that second read where this guy's going to be open, so it's going to be okay. Like That's how the system works. Um, but with Garoppolo... It's can he bring this team back when they're down two scores? 
Because that was the that's what happened the first Rams matchup this week. The Rams went down two scores and they just couldn't come back. Remember that it was it was a I mean it was just as good of a start as you can hope as the forty for the 49ers. They had an eleven play drive that went eighty five yards, took all this time off the clock. Then you follow it up with a pick six on Stafford. You get you get to a quick fourteen to nothing lead. Now the Rams would end up following that up with a touchdown to make it fourteen to seven, but then the Niners scored another touchdown to make it twenty one seven. And then the the Rams started getting going a little bit, but it felt like they didn't really have uh, they didn't they they really weren't in that game just because of what happened from the start, and they kind of flustered uh, Matthew Stafford after that. But that's the type of thing with Jimmy; they haven't really gotten down early. That doesn't happen to the 49ers too often. The defense is on point at the beginning of the game. As you as you get into it, I mean, it's just it's crazy how football works in general. Because in 2019, when the Niners had their first matchup with the Rams, we hadn't really seen anyone drive downfield on the Niners' defense up to that point. I forgot how many weeks in. It was was within, I think it was prior to Week 7. I'd have to look back at the specific week that that was. But it was kind of early-ish on in the season, but we were also a quarter, or we we were also a quarter of the way through. It was right there. And the Rams drove downfield on the first drive. We hadn't seen anyone do that against the Niners at that point. Then they scored on an end around from Robert Woods. But after that, it was just punt, 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 punt for the Rams. That's all it was. And the Niners won that game. But this past one, I don't know if we can look at it and think, well, they beat the Rams and they've done it five straight times. I don't think we can look at this past week and think, or excuse me, this earlier uh, first half of the season for them and think it's going to be the same. Both teams are different, and when you enter into Week 18, it's just a different, uh, overall, it's just a different atmosphere. Everything about it. From the 415, Jimmy is injured. Why start him if he's not even ready? Throwing interceptions because he had a bum thumb is why the Niners lost to the Titans. Jimmy should have put his ego aside and accept he's hurt and let Trey play to win. The goal is to win. All Niner fans want at the end of the day is a W, no matter who is at quarterback. Okay, but these guys are different. These guys are, and, and, and it's not necessarily an ego thing. It's just an athlete thing. If you're hurt, you want to continue to win. There's no way that if Jimmy Garoppolo feel, felt like he could have gone on that Thursday night, and in the second half he clearly did because who knows what what you know the the, the doctors gave him at halftime in order to make him feel better in order to numb the pain. But athletes don't do that. They're not just going to say, "Oh, I'm sort of hurt, but I want, but I, but I, but you know what? Just let the backup play." It's never, it's never them who make the decision. Normally, it's the doctors who make the decision. That's just an athlete thing. It's not really an ego thing to me. Armando from Tracy, mark my words, Niners are about to be knocked out of the playoffs by the Rams. Let's go Raiders from the 209. Let Lance start. If they win, save Jimmy for the playoffs. Can't believe how that season played out. I went on a little five-minute rant about it. But seeing how it went from the beginning of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo gives you the best chance to win. Let Trey Lance sit. Let him learn from the sideline. And then we'll eventually have him for next season. Let him be the next Patrick Mahomes or, hell, Tom Brady who sat for his first season and ended up uh, waiting for Drew Bledsoe to get hurt. Have him be that guy, and then have him come in in the second, uh, the, the in in his second year, instead of letting him develop. And now fast forward to the end of the season. Trey gives you the win over the Texans, but really with the way that the 49ers defense played, I think Davis Mills could have been the starting quarterback for the Niners, and the Niners would have won that game. But it could get to the point where Trey Lance does play on Sunday, and he's the one that has to save the whole season. I mean, that's that's kind of poetic, is it not? That's what makes sports crazy is when you look back at the totality of the year and everything that's gone on, and the biggest thing that's hurt them is the secondary. And you got a ton of guys who were, reser- were on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, thankfully, um, because the, a lot of it happened on Tuesday, they could clear the five-day protocol if they, of course, follow all the re- reach all the requirements in order to play on Sunday. 
But there's a possibility you could be going out there with a depleted secondary, depending on how things go on Saturday. It, we we, we got to wait to see for that. And it could come down to your secondary being even more hurt than it is. By the way, something random. But we talk about Bosa being double teamed. And I was looking at this chart. And we and the amount of the chart was a was a flow chart and the, at the the bottom bar whatever you call it I don't know they need to go back to study graphs again uh, but the bottom part I forgot what that's called the horizontal line <laughs> that was the amount of double teams the rate of double teams that guys have been taking on the year and then the vertical line was the amount of sacks that you've been able to get, or not just the sacks, but the amount of plays that you've been able to make even through the double teams. A guy far along that horizontal line was Nick Bosa, as you might expect. But right along with him, Samson Ebukam. Samson Ebukam. Kind of weird. Ebukam getting double teamed a lot. We always talked about we always talk about Bosa getting chipped, getting double teamed, and how that opens up things for other guys. But when Ebukam does get, you know, when he's only in one-on-one situations, he's able to take advantage of it, but he gets a lot of double teams. He gets a lot of double teams. I didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. From the 650, this weekend, go football. A little homage to your sign-off. The X-axis and the Y-axis, thank you. <laughs> thank you, 510. Thank you for saving me. Oh, oh I need someone in here. I need I, I need some, I need somebody in here to help me out today. I'm I'm tired. Although I at least hey, I at least got a new coffee pod for the coffee this morning. Didn't replace it the last time. Coffee tasted like water. It was terrible. From the five one zero single season receiving yards belong to Megatron. Both quarterback by Stafford. That's impressive. Either QB though. Don't think it matters which one. The 49ers have a tough day the second time around. And I mean you can bet that Sean McVay has just had this game circled ever since that loss earlier in the season. Guaranteed. Sean McVay is the type of dude. You want to talk about ego? Whoever it was talking about the ego for Jimmy Garoppolo for playing on the Thursday Night Football? You want to talk about ego? Ego's within these head coaches and within Sean McVay to beat the guy across from him, Kyle Shanahan, is this new wave of the young offensive minds. Sean McVay is kind of leading that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.